morning, everyone. It's good to see you on this fine 2016 Valentine's Day. How many of you are excited about Valentine's Day? Awesome. How many of you got Valentine's Day presents already? Cool. How many of you shopped for Valentine's Day presents? There we go. Enough questions? All right. Well, we're in the series called Counselor, which counselors ask you questions like, why is that cord hanging right there? Did anybody else notice that? That's a stunt we have going on a little bit later on. So please, uh, please uh, just uh, anticipate something happening. So stare at that cord the entire time as I will. Okay. so anyhow, we're in this series called The Counselor. And within this series, we, um, you know, Jesus asked some very penetrating questions. Now, some of you have been to counselors. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you have went to counselors and you sit down and all they do is ask you a myriad of questions questions and you're like I'm paying you 100 to 150 dollars to ask me questions and that's essentially it right right but uh questions can really get to the core of things uh, a lot of times we don't like questions because they can become evasive right they can become very penetrating and we don't like that it's like whoa 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 don't come in too close you know don't you're now you're starting to you know you're starting to breach an area here where I don't, where I don't like it and I'm getting uncomfortable but questions can do that. If someone, if you've ever been in a position where someone asks you questions, Jesus used questions quite extensively throughout the Gospels. Uh, he, uh, you know, you look at them and you, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, for me, some of the questions he asked, it was like, are you kidding me? You're asking that question? Like, number one, you're God, you already know the answer to that question. But number two, isn't this a ridiculous, silly question? For instance, you know, uh, the first week we talked about the question of um, why are you so afraid? And it's like, well, let me answer that question. The boat was getting ready to go down, Jesus, and you're over here sleeping on it. I don't get it. So you're asking me the why I'm so afraid, you know, and it's like questions like that. It's like, you know, you, you don't it's like you think, well, the answer is obvious, right? But then he keeps pressing and it's like, well, maybe the answer isn't so obvious. And then last week we talked about another one where, remember, the blind guy followed Jesus into the house uh, and was like, heal me. You know, Jesus had just raised a little girl from the dead. And so this blind guy, a couple of his buddies went in. They followed Jesus in the house. However, they did that. They followed him in. And, and he's like, heal me. And Jesus asked what? Do you believe that I can really do it? Is that a silly question? It's like, duh. But do you truly believe that I can do it? Today we're going to ask, Jesus is going to ask us another question. Here's the beauty of all this, guys. This is the beauty, this is the absolute beauty of all of this. We're looking at the Bible, which was put together in fragments and pieces of over thousands of years ago, right? Thousands of years ago. And yet, that question penetrates my life this week. That question is going to penetrate, the question we have today is going to penetrate your hearts on February 14th, 2016. It's going to hit you. And we can blow it off and we can say, eh, you know, whatever. Or we can embrace it and then Jesus starts to do some powerful work in our lives. But the question becomes, will we embrace it? Will you embrace it? Because I believe that God has a specific message for each and every one of us here today. The question is... The things that you're thinking about right now that might be off topic, are you going to continue to think about those things? There's a powerful question, right? Are you going to continue to think about those things so they distract you from what Jesus wants to ask you? Or are you going to lean in 
and listen to the message, listen to the question that he is asking you specifically here this morning. Today, we're going to look at another. We've been looking at these little clips where people have taken uh, something that was spoken so many thousands of years ago and brings it in the 21st century. So uh, check out this video and kind of lean into it as, it as it articulates and depicts the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today. So, uh, What brings you here today? I mean, I guess you can see it, but I just walked in here. I mean, I feel like a million bucks. 38 years. I mean, it's been 38 years since I've even felt just normal. And what happened to make you feel this way? I was laying on my mat by the pool and, you know, hoping for my chance. Your chance? At what? You know, I mean, I'm just sitting there. We're all sitting there waiting. And sometimes the water starts to bubble in. I don't know, like people say that an angel does it. But the first person into the pool comes out healed. Were you the first one in? No, totally different, totally better. Jesus came by. He walked right up to me. He saw me laying there, and I mean, he had to know why all of us were sitting there all day. But he asked, do you want to be made well? Well, did you? Of course I wanted to be made well. I mean, that's why I was there. And he said, stand, take up your mat, and walk. Now, here's what I want us to do today as we engage in this message. What I want you to do, I understand that all of us have all of us have like little issues within our lives, right? Short term issues, we may call them things that are kind of maybe resolve themselves this week or tomorrow or or the next week or whatever. But I want you to think about something you may have been dealing with for a while now, something that may be in your life that you've been thinking about, something that may uh, that may have never been expressed. You may have never expressed it to anyone else in your life. And you you and God are the only one that knows that it's buried deep, deep down inside of you. Maybe only a select few know the thing that you're really struggling with or something that you've been dealing with for a while and you've shared it with other people. But I want you to listen to this message uh, first and foremost in the lenses of Maybe an issue you've been carrying around for so many, for so many years. This, this, this thing, this problem, this, this little thing that kind of lurks in your background that you've been dealing with for so many years. I want you to use, I want you to kind of use that to, to allow the message to filter through this morning. Because Jesus is asking us a question here today, and that's this. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Now, Again, this is one of those questions that's like, seriously, you know, if you've had something that you've been dealing with for so long, um, you know, and Jesus comes and says, do you want to be well? To me, it's like one of those duh questions. Duh. Yes, I want to be well. But as we're going to discover, do we really want to be well? That question is very penetrating. That question, when we first answer, it can be a quick snap. Yes, whatever. But then as Jesus asks it again and again into our lives, we begin to discover maybe he's asking about something much, much deeper than what I'm responding to. And that's the beauty of how Jesus often taught. That's the beauty of how he often laid questions out to people, because often we're quick to throw that answer out. And then he asks and, and, and he asks in that question as it just lies there, it just continues to penetrate into the inner fabrics of our beings if we would allow it to. So the question for today for us, the question for you, not the person sitting next to you, they've got their own question, but the question for each and every person in here today, each of us, this question Jesus is asking us today, do you want to be well? 
And let's talk about that for a few minutes, but let's look at it through the lenses of the Scripture first. And let's take a look at John chapter 5. And if you would turn there with me, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And if you didn't bring your Bibles, there's one in the back of the pew right in front of you. Take a, take, pull it out. Take a look at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. You may have the NIV or the message or whatever, but, uh, or the ESV, but I'm going to read from the Living Translation. And it says this, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the five men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asks the million-dollar question. Guys, he's been laying there for 38 years. Jesus asks him this question, would you like to get well? Put yourself in his shoes or on his mat. 38 years you've been laying there and some cat comes along. Would you like to get well? No, not really. I just want to lay here for another 38 years. But think about it. Verse 7, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the, the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. And then the rest of that says, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath, which is a totally different story. Because when Jesus healed on the, anytime he healed on the Sabbath, it was, it was a huge, huge issue with the religious institution at that time. So, here you have some guy that's laying at, the, at this pool at the Sheep Gate. Now, if you're familiar or if you're not, just kind of track along with me. But Jerusalem was this huge city, right? It was this huge city. And around the, around the city was built this huge wall, okay? Huge wall, and it was built for protection. So they had various gates within this city, or yeah, various gates within this wall that, that protected this city. Now, off over here, back here, you had this gate, this entrance into the city where the sheep and the shepherds could come in, okay? Now, what do we know about, you need to shout it out, I can't hear you unless you vocalize it, okay? But what do we know about shepherds? Real quick, just little tidbits. What do we know about shepherds? They're stinky? What else? The lowest level, they viewed them at a very low level. What else? Anything else? Done. Good job. We got it. Um, they, they were considered, their, their livelihood was considered like at the bottom of the rung, Okay? They were, they were considered, remember uh, this past Christmas we talked about a little bit more about the shepherds and how they were viewed as just very low in society and, and they probably had an anger issue because of that. I think it, every one of us would because no one really valued them. It was like, you know, oh, there's the shepherds, you know. They had this issue of like no one liked them, right? So way back here, there's this gate where they could bring the sheep in. Now, the shepherds are, are considered low on the echelon. They're bringing their sheep through this gate. What sheep are going to be doing, what sheep do, animals do, as they kind of move about, right? We don't need to, get, need to go in detail, correct? Is everybody following me? We don't need to go into detail, do we? It's part of the story, but we don't need to go into detail, right? Let's think about this for a second. 
All of you have a front door to your house, right? Do you encourage your kids and other people that's got mud all over them to come through your front door? Maybe you do, I guess, the way I was raised. We do not. In fact, some houses have a little room called a... Oh, there we go. Now we've caught up, right? And and so it was kind of like this, you know. It was kind of it was this nasty place. This this gate was like nasty. So so they come in. It's all it's it's just it's not a good place, right? And there's this pool there, um, and it's really kind of surrounding a spring, okay, a spring of water that that feeds this pool of water. And they had this belief that this angel would come, and they didn't know. It wasn't like once a year on this date. They didn't know. But if, the, if it's, this angel would come and make the waters begin to stir, they believed that if they were the first one to get into that water, that they would be healed. Okay, now, let's repaint the picture again, right? You've got this gate back here. This is where the sheep and the shepherds come in. They're kind of low on the totem pole. They're bringing in all their nasty filth as they're coming in and they're walking in, right? Now, on top of that, you've got this pool with a bunch of invalid, paralyzed, Remember how they thought about people that were invalids and paralyzed and sick and stuff like that? Remember they, they were, they were down there too. To the point they were considered kind of the outcasts. Maybe the better term for this would be the outcast gate, right? And so you have this, you have this just really this situation over here that is kind of nasty. But you have these people now laying around that are paralyzed and they're like the kind of the, again, they've got sin in their life because they wouldn't be sick if they didn't have sin in their life. And so they're all laying around this pool and, and they're waiting, uh, for it to bubble so that they could jump in real quick if they could because here you got a guy that's been laying there for 38 years. He's been laying there for 38 years. I don't know about you, but that's a long time. 38 years he's been laying there. To move to get in the pool once it bubbled up so that he could be, so he become whole, right? And then Jesus comes up and he asks that million dollar question, would you like to get well? Do you want to be well? And so we have this situation that begins to transpire that, that really within it, we have this question that is like, I think so penetrating. It's like one of these questions like, are you kidding me? You're going to ask me, I've been laying here for 38 years and you're going to ask me, do I want to get well? You know, it just seems kind of odd to me. Almost insulting, you know? But, but that's the question that he posed. And see, here's what happens, guys. And then we see, we read that Jesus healed him and, and he didn't even have to get in the water, but Jesus healed him. But I want to talk to you about this for a second. Because as we look at this, this guy's been laying here for 38 years, but when Jesus' presence comes, comes in, it literally changes everything. But there's three things, a couple things, a couple problems that I, that you can see challenges that you can see exist within this, okay? When it ta- when we look at problems that we have within our lives that we've been dealing with for maybe 38 years. Okay, and I want you to think about those types of issues within our lives. The first thing is this. The longer something persists, the more discouraged we get with it. Okay, if you've been dealing with something for so long, at what point do you say, I don't I might as well just give up. If you've been dealing for something for 38 years and God's not moving, at what point do you just kind of this discouragement or depression sweeps over you? And you're like, why am I even praying anymore? 
What is the deal? I mean, you, you just, it's like you just become discouraged. It's so easy for discouragement to just begin to enshroud you and begin to take over. And then, and then you come to this thing, this, this other thought that could be like, that could be, you know, I don't think anybody's here is going, I don't think I can be helped anymore. I think this is my lot in life. I think God created me with this, and that's it, and that's the way it's going to be, and I just need to suck it up, and I need to, need to deal with it. For some of us that have issues within our lives, that has a problem that's been there for a while, some of you may be sitting in here this morning, and that's exactly how you feel. You're discouraged, you're depressed about it, but to the point where it's almost, you've blocked it out of your mind, and you're saying, you know what, what's the use? I can't, it's not going to be, I've prayed about it, prayed, 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 it's not, nothing's happening, so... You know, you're just kind of living in that state of like, okay, I'm done with it. I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm, I'm discouraged with it. And it's, it's done. The second thing, the next challenge that can happen is this. We can start providing excuses with it. Now, I know this is going to sound critical. I get it. But let's just humor me for a second and take a look at this passage here. And you can kind of see, we can draw a little bit of a parallel here with this guy. Jesus comes and he asks this question. Do you want to get well? Does he answer the question? What does he say? Do you want to get well? That's a yes or no question, isn't it? How does he answer it? I I can't. I can't I can't do it. Do you, would you like to get well? Mm, I can't. I've been laying here for 38 years. In fact, Jesus, let me give you this little printout that I have here and Let's kind of work down through it bullet by bullet because I need to share with you why I can't get well. And so we, I've been laying here. When the pool starts bubbling up, I don't have anybody that can shove me in, kick me in, throw me in, pick me up and toss me in. I don't have any of that. I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have, you know, and he kind of goes down through it. Now again, I'm not being critical of this guy, but I do want to say this. Don't you think there's a lot of times that you and I do that when Jesus comes into our lives and says, do you want to get well? Well, let me share with you why I can't get well. Let me give you some excuses, Jesus. Let me share with you why I can't get well. And maybe parenthetically we're stating this. This is too painful. I don't want to deal with it. Let me tell you why I can't get well. And so we start providing excuses. We start saying, you know what? It is what it is. It's the way it's going to be. I'm done with it. I'm dealing with it. It's just, it is what it is. And then the next thing that can happen is we may get discouraged with it, which can lead us in to start to provide excuses for it. Because we've lived with it for so long, the longer it persists, we start compensating for it. Have you ever seen someone that has had dealt with like a bad hip or a bad knee or something like that? And and they dealt with it for so long, they've compensated, and they kind of have this, they kind of have this walk, you know, because they've compensated for it. And then they have surgery, and they get a hip replacement, and they get a knee, whatever it is, and they walk like this. They continue to walk like this. Why? Because they've been walking that way for. They've compensated for the the issue that's been there for so long. They begin they they, they begin to compensate for it. Now they've got to relearn how to like to to walk proper again. Even though there's not pain there, they've compensated for it, and now it's become part of their lives. Do you want to get well? Maybe we've been dealing with the problem for so long, it's become our identity. Maybe, maybe sometimes there's something within our lives 
that God wants to take and He wants to change. But for crying out loud, there's no way we're going to let Him do that because that because we have lived with it for so long that it's become part of who we are. You've heard it before. I've heard it before. So-and-so is just like that. That's just who they are. You need to accept them for who they are. Hmm. Well, that's nice. So, so-and-so maybe doesn't want to believe. So-and-so maybe doesn't want to be made well. Because when you start dealing with problems that you've had for so long, it can become painful. I get it. Let's be honest. We get it, don't we? We've lived with it for so long that it's become part of us. And second of all, the reason why counselors ask us so many stinking questions is because we avoid it like the plague. Because it's who we are. There's a lot of times we sit and we, you've been in conversations with people. I've had conversations with you. You've had conversations with me. I've had conversations with you. When we start talking about something, we never address the issue. We never get to the issue here. We always talk about all the things, all the symptoms that the issue has manifested itself into. So we start talking about, do you want to get well? And we start talking about this and this and this and this. We may even find healing with this one and this one and this one. But the next thing you know, it resurfaces back up. Why? Because the issue is still here. So maybe the questions aren't so stupid. (laughs) Maybe the questions when Jesus asks, why are you so afraid? Maybe he's really not asking this simple question up here. Maybe he's asking a much deeper rooted, seated question that says, why are you so afraid? You've walked with me, haven't you? You've seen me heal people, haven't you? You've seen me feed thousands of people from nothing. You've seen me raise someone from the dead a couple times, right? You've seen me do this, this, and this. Why are you so afraid? Well... Because the storm's getting ready to take over our boat, man. Are you kidding me? The storm's right here. Boom, boom. You know, let's talk about this up here. Let's talk about this up here when it's like down here. Why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? Do you not believe in me? And then the next question comes along. Do you believe that I can change it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I believe it. I just don't want to change it right now. We don't get to the root. Just like today. Do you really want to be well? Holy cow, if Jesus comes in and makes me well, I don't know what I'm going to do next because I've lived with this for so long. I don't know. I've compensated for this so long. I've made so many excuses for this so long. That's my identity. Jesus, I'm okay. I got everything taken care of. I got it. I'm fine. And that's, and that's who we convince is ourselves. I'm fine because I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Jesus is asking a pretty penetrating question here. And it's not just He's asking it. it, was, it, it that, that's the beauty of it for me. Is that he, he asked this question thousands of years ago. And it's just as penetrating to us as humans in the 21st century as it was then. And it's just as ridiculous sounding so many thousands of years ago as it is now. Do I really want to get well? Well, do I? Do you? Do we? 
And so with that, Jesus comes and he says, and along with this, guys, and I'm telling you, let me just share this with you, too. This gets better, okay? Some of us, when we've when we've compensated for so long, we have what's taking place now. We have become highly functional, dysfunctional people. Does that make sense? We are highly functional, dysfunctional people. And that's what counselors get to. They start penetrating in. Because here's the question. When someone says, do you want to be made well? Here's the issue. There's no way you're going to change. This is the joke of the century when it comes to counseling. You cannot change until you truly recognize the problem. You've heard the joke. How many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? One, if the light bulb really wants to change. Right? That is so stinking true. When you can understand what it is that's really at the core, if you really want to change, change can take place. It's not going to happen through your human efforts, but it can happen through the power of Jesus Christ who's standing there asking you the question, do you want to be well? Do you really want to be well? And until some, until you come to the point to where you truly want to change, it's useless to even talk about it in a sense. It's pointless. You've had conversations with people. I've had conversations with people. There's been things within my life where you may have talked with me and I've darted around it and I've skated around. I've got the figure skates on and I'm like skating all over the place, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a great figure skater when it comes to this kind of stuff, right? Because I don't want to address it. It hurts. It hurts. But when we truly get to the core of it and we say, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this problem. I'm tired of dealing with this thing that is buried so deep inside of me. And you know what? Maybe it's not my wife. Maybe it's not my husband. Maybe it's not my kids. Maybe it's not my church. Maybe it's not my pastor. Maybe it's not who I work for. Maybe it's not my co-workers. Maybe it's not the car I drive. Maybe it's not the way the universe revolves. Maybe it's me. Maybe there's something deep down inside of me that God wants to change. Guys, last time I checked, we live in a broken world and we're broken individuals. When I think about this and this question, the vision of our church is like a loud gong going off. We exist to restore the broken one life at a time. Those of us that have made a, a big... We, where we have compensated so much, where we're highly dysfunctional people, where we have highly dysfunctional marriages because we don't want to get to the core of it, where we have highly dysfunctional addictions to pornography or, or, or what, or gambling or alcohol or drugs or sex or uh, uh, name whatever it is that comes into our lives that creates havoc. We have become highly functional, dysfunctional individuals to where the only pe sometimes the only people that can recognize it is ourselves because we're that good. But deep down, we're a mess. And Jesus is asking us that question. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And the beauty of this is this. When you answer that question in the affirmative, that's when people around you notice something drastically different in your life. And that's when God gets 
so much glory. Because He's radically changed something that you've been highly functioning with for some time now. And so, you know, I, I, somebody, somebody pointed this out and I thought it was a great question. And, and I wouldn't have answered it this way, but I think it's, it's very powerful. The question is, um, what is the biggest obstacle to our faith? And, you know, some of us might say, well, it's doubt. Well, it's, you know, and we may come up. I mean, there may be some uh, some really good answers. But one person says this, it's familiarity. Familiarity can be the biggest obstacle of our faith. What? I don't need to change. I've got everything covered. I'm good. When all along, there's stuff in there that God so desperately wants to change for us so that we can begin to experience life and life to the fullest like He promised. Here's a couple of things I want to share with you, though, that I think is very interesting from this passage of Scripture. Number one is this. When we read this, the sick, the sick guy didn't even ask to be healed, did he? He didn't, lay, he didn't cry out. He didn't cry out and he didn't say, Jesus, will you heal me? Jesus, will you save me? Jesus, will you do something about my condition? Like we talked about last week where the blind, where the blind guys were like, can you please heal me? Heal me. This guy didn't even cry out to that. He didn't even cry out to it. He, he didn't even ask to be healed. The second thing was this. He did nothing to earn it or deserve it, right? He didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. There's nothing that he did that would indicate to us, well, the guy got healed because he did dot, dot, dot. Nothing. He had been laying there for 38 years, man. You talk about having some bed sores. This guy had to be nasty. Laying there for 38 years waiting for something to happen. Or was he waiting for something to happen? It became part of him, right? He did nothing to earn it or deserve it. And the last thing is this. The healing did not happen the way he thought it would. How did he think it was going to happen? By jumping in the water. As soon as those waters begin to stir, and again, like I said, they had no indication of when that would happen. It, would, it, would, it was not uh, indicative to a certain date. It was not specific to this side or the other. It was just by happen chance. And they believed that when it did, it was the angel stirring the waters, and if they jumped in, they would be healed. He didn't even, the healing didn't even happen the way he thought it would, it would happen. And Jesus comes along and asks that penetrating question. Do you really, do you want to be healed? Not even do you really want to be, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And, and it's kind of interesting, I think, the way he began to answer all, he began to answer his questions, because it wasn't like, absolutely I do. Absolutely I do. But it was kind of skirting around it toward Jesus healed him and the, and the healing took place in a way that wasn't even the way that uh, he he initially thought it would be but here's the other thing i want to i want to share with you that i think is extremely important about all of this is this maybe when jesus asks that question he's not looking for excuses but he's asking you to show you show the faith i mean essentially that's what he's asking that's what he's kind of looking for in every single one of these questions right why are you so afraid do you why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? That's what he asked them in the first question. When their, their boat looks like it's going under, going down. Why, why are you so afraid? If you have faith in me, you're not going to be afraid. And the second one, you asked me to heal you. Do you truly believe that I can heal you? That's faith, correct? That's called faith. Do I truly believe that Jesus can do this? And in this one, it's the same thing. Do you want to get well? And I wonder how each and every one of us in here this morning would answer that question. I wonder how you're answering that question right now in your mind. 
maybe you might be sitting there thinking, well, I don't, I don't have anything that's out of whack. Ask yourself the question again. What if you opened up your heart and your, and, your, and, your, and your mind to God and said, God, I need to ask you this question. Do I have things in my life that I need to be well? And God, come through His Holy Spirit, begins to gently point out some stuff that He wants to bring healing in your life over. Maybe some of you have, have interacted in this whole situation. You're sitting here this morning and you're like, Man, I can understand exactly where you're coming from because I, I just went through that. Or you're, you're right in the middle of it. And, and through, your, through your devotion with God, through your connection with God, through your time with Jesus that you spend, Jesus has brought this to your attention. And, and you come to realize, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple things that's, that's off point here. And I need, to, I, need, I need healing. And Jesus has gently asked you, do you want to be well? And maybe some of you said, not right now. Not right now I don't. Because I don't know what that would entail. If you was very honest. Because I think there's a lot of times we've answered that way. I've answered that way before. Do you want to be well? Not really, because I'm not sure what's on the other side. I'm scared. Where's your faith? I don't know where you're at this morning, but I do believe that God is asking each and every one of us in here this morning that question. And I want to take it to another level. I want to ask you this question. What is so big in your life that God can't heal? What is in your life where Jesus says, do you want to be made well? Where you would say, you know what, Jesus? I'm not so sure that you're big enough to take this one. I'm not so sure you've got the abilities to work this one out. I wonder how many of us would answer in that way. I wonder how many of us would even answer that to the corporate level of like Element Church. You know, when, you know, with, with God wanting to take us in a drive. I wonder how many of us would say, you know what? Hey, this one's probably too big for you, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. Or if we truthfully answered that personally and corporately, those answers might be different or those answers might come out, you know, a little bit different. Because I believe this, guys. I believe that if we truly believe that God's in control of our lives and our church, that there's absolutely nothing that's too big for Him. In fact, He doesn't even have to be in control of our lives for anything to be too big. He, he's, nothing's too big for Him, period, whether I state it or not. You know, that's kind of an, that's kind of an arrogant statement, right? Well, I believe that nothing's bigger than that God can, you know. That's, there's nothing that's too big for God, personally or corporately. You know, do we believe? Do we truly believe? Do we have the faith? I mean, those are the questions. Those are the questions that are extremely penetrating for us, I think, today. Do we truly believe that He can do this? Do we truly have the faith? Do we truly want to get well, personally, corporately? And you know what? Answering that question is not on your terms either, in the sense of, it's kind of an either yes or no. It's not like, well, yes, let me fill in the details of how this looks. Mm, I don't think so. This is God's. This is God's. And when we can live in, a, in that profound, contrite state of humility or humbleness, that's when God can do some radical changes within our lives. And, and um, this is the part that's powerful to me, guys. And, and I've already shared it. But I'm telling you, Personally and corporately, if you allow God to come into your life and to make some significant changes like that, 
That speaks so loud to a broken world. People are going to ask. People are going to ask what's going on in your life. Because something is different. They're going to ask. And God receives His glory. So, personally and corporately, this has extreme, I think, extreme profound implications. But I'm asking you right now, as we, as the worship team comes, and I'm going to um, have a word of prayer, I'm asking you that you would answer that question. Ask yourself that question. And allow the Holy Spirit to help you answer it. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to help you answer that question? Would you stand with me? And I'm going to pray, and I want us to... I pray that we would just open our hearts to God and that we'd respond the way that He would have us to respond. Father, Your Word is so penetrating. Something that was, something that is so, that is doubted and ostracized and belittled sure does have extreme power. When we allow ourselves to be arrested by Your Word and we entertain the words that have been written there. It's like profound things begin to happen. And I pray this morning that we would just open our hearts and our minds uh, specifically to You right now and allow Your Holy Spirit to just move over us. I pray that we would really entertain these questions with You. Father, if you point out things within our lives, that it wouldn't be something where we sit and we provide excuses, or we become afraid and shut down. But Father, we might become like you talked about so often, innocent little children. That we would just open ourselves up to you and cry out to you and allow you, our, our Father, to come bring comfort and strength and healing health don't let us don't let us resign to the fact that this is the way it's got to be help us to just surrender to you right now and to just have a, a very humble contrite heart in your presence right now we pray that you would just minister to each and every one of us and we pray all this in the powerful name of your son our lord and our savior Jesus Christ.